When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to everyone, wherever you are in the world. We are, uh, we're going to get started in a few minutes here. We're just going to wait for some more people to file in. We're going to wait for our beloved RV bot to, to join us as well. So, oh, here he is. Hey, everyone. Hey, GM, GM. GM, I made it on time. Sorry uh, for making you wait. That's usually not something I host you do, right? <laughs> no, it's okay. I was I was covering covering for us. I let them know. Amazing, perfect. So, welcome everyone to our second episode of Web Three Wednesdays with Goldmember and the Revision Bot. Um, so, today we're gonna talk a little bit about um, community updates in the Revision Pro crypto community. Um, after that, we talk a bit about wallet security, a pressing issue, I would say. That's something um, we definitely need to talk about. And yeah, then we will open up the floor a little bit um, to questions from the community. And I, I also heard, uh, Goldmember, that you want to update us on your new favorite scam, right? <laughs> well, it's definitely not my favorite, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I definitely want to let everyone know of a very hot scam that's happening right now. And you may have have seen this happen yourself and not have known, but so we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Perfect. So let's just kick it off with uh, some updates from the community. Um, I mean, everyone who has been watching the pro crypto NFT has probably recognized that we have made a new all time high last week. It has come down a little bit. Um, I was already blamed for it, uh, basically for destroying the pump that it was in the market because we kicked off a royalty discussion on the Discord. So there's currently a poll on the Discord happening where um, NFT holders can basically tell us what kind of royalty they would like to have in the future. So my suggestion was that we increase royalty. We started out the year with 2%. And yeah, I mean, that was very, very... Uh, low, I would say, compared to other NFT projects. And as you might know, 50% of the royalty goes into the NFT holder's wallet. And of course, I mean, it does benefit NFT holders to have a higher royalty. It does also benefit Real Vision, to be honest. So it's not something that is only for NFT holders. It will, of course, also help us having yeah, some money in the wallet to fund expenses for our team. Um, so having some drinks, at team events, definitely something that can happen with that funding, but hopefully not. Hopefully it will be put forward, of course, towards the community. So, I mean, my idea was always around that using any money that comes in for community events, like the ones we did, the local meetups we had uh, end of September. That's, of course, a nice opportunity, right? Sponsor some of them and get the community together. Whatever the community wants to do with uh, their funds. That's something the community has to decide. We are currently putting up everything so the community can actually vote like in a DAO. So NFT holders can have a soft vote via snapshot, for example. They can bring forward initiatives. 
the wallet is currently not com filled, I would say. I think it's around five ETH currently in it, uh, of which half of it belongs to the community. So if you want to do a party for 5,000 people, it's going to be a rather small party, I guess. But that's why also the whole royalty discussion was kicked off. And I urge you to vote on it currently. I think most people are in favor of the 10% solution, but I, we are also aware that some people would like to have 5% or kind of something in between. But yeah, at the moment, it's kind of us polling the community members and really getting some insights in what you think. That's one of the important things. The other one is that there's a minting video coming out tomorrow or on Friday. I don't know exactly. That's a very interesting video because I'm in there with Ash Bennington and Ash is doing a live mint of his Real Vision Pro Crypto NFT. And it wasn't his first NFT actually, but um, I don't know, maybe second or third one. So he's, he was fairly new to the process, which was super exciting for him and also very interesting for myself because he had a lot of questions. He wanted to look at Etherscan, wanted to know what's happening on the transaction, the details of it. And of course, also like to check out his NFT. So that was a lot of fun. Um, we cut out all of the of the mistakes we made, um, clicking wrong links and stuff like that. No, just kidding. It was very smooth. He did it well. And you can watch that. And I think like if Ash can do it, anyone can do it. So that should give you the confidence to mint. Um, and we hope that you will mint because end of November, we will end the minting period for the Real Vision Pro Crypto NFT. So if you have not minted until now, you should definitely search in your inbox for an email. If you have been a Real Vision Pro Crypto early adopter, you should have received a minting email, which includes the link to the minting page. Um, we can also put the link to the minting page in the description here. And we also shared it via Twitter. We will share it again. So you really have it. You really have it. You have to log into your Real Vision Pro Crypto site to the Real Vision website, and then you can mint. Um, to give you a, a little bit of a yeah, expectation on kind of when that email was sent out, when I had to find it yesterday, it was actually quite tricky because it was sent out, I think, end of May. But in the video, we also mention it and we mentioned the exact date and also the title of the email, so you might be able to better find it. So end of minting period, that's November 30th. And yeah, um, of course, I hope everyone mints. We have seen some uptick there. And if you're minting, and now come to the second big topic of this Web3 Wednesday, you should care about security. So let me maybe start with a question. To gold member, where do you hold your Real Vision Pro Crypto NFT, or do you even own one? I do not own one yet. I, I came, I joined Real Vision after the minting period came. So you know, we have to wait for the community to to mint out, and we decide how how that goes. So, but when I do eventually get one, I will be holding it in a ledger wallet. That that's a good choice. Oh. I forgot to mention that to the community that not everyone at the Real Vision is actually um, holding an NFT. I mean, some like Elaine decided to sell them, like the Paperhand Princess, of course, got one, but then dumped it on the market, but she bought back in. But actually, Goldmember was, wasn't there when the minting happened, but we will rectify that. Hopefully, um, I bought some of the NFTs, so I think we can onboard our own community members and get them into the Real Vision Pro crypto community as well. I mean, you are in there as an administrator, so you got all the 
all the rights, but it feels better to be part of the game, right? Having skin in the game is always helpful. And minting to ledger, that's the other topic, is definitely something you should do if it's ledger, if it's treasure or any other um, cold storage solution. I definitely recommend it. And it's like um, surprising the amount of people who are using hot wallets for minting and then do not transfer out the NFT. Um, I really urge everyone, if you are holding or minting a piece like this or any other NFT that is worth three to five grand, please consider it as a piece of art or at least as a kind of bundle of cash or whatever you want to compare it to. You would not treat a bundle of cash like this. You would not hold it in a hot wallet. You need to really think about wallet security. The interesting thing about this is like if you're new to the NFT space and also to crypto, you might be inclined to think like, well, um, Revision is holding the NFT or this NFT is actually something that sits in custody, but that's not the case, right? So the nature of the blockchain itself is that you are actually responsible for the custody of your NFT. And that's, of course, something where things get a little bit tricky. And if we think about where that actually came from, I digged a little bit into the history of self-custody and it turned out that prior to the Great Depression in 1929, investors were actually also very prone to keep their stuff in self-custody, like literally, literally putting your money under your mattress and not holding it in a bank account. And that basically changed with the financial crisis back then. People um, found out that it's actually quite risky to store your valuables in your bed or kind of somewhere in your apartment. And there was slowly the move towards custodians that hold your money or your valuables for you. Um, it was in the beginning very, very, um, yeah, inconvenient. So the process in, involved a lot of paper. Um, it involved a lot of uh, manual processing of the assets and also keeping track of who owns what. And that's why it wasn't really scalable. Um, and really the, the, the big scale came in the 70s when there was uh, the creation of the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, uh, which established the first set of kind of centralized ledgers and certificates. So in that case, it was centralized, but that was kind of the time when it really kicked off and where things got automated and more digital and really the uh, custodians could scale their custody solutions to the masses. Um, it was an easier to facilitate custody, mostly used, of course, still for kind of something like stocks. So you did not hold your stock certificate in paper at home, but you really had a custodian who kind of wrote something on a centralized ledger. And now we are at the point where we are moving back to something where we don't have to have a custodian in place, but where we can actually have a decentralized custody solution that is the blockchain because it's immutable, right? So we are kind of back from having self-custody. It was very risky, moved to the custodians. And now we are moving back from custody solutions at the custodians to having self-custody, at least as individuals. But if you think about it um, in that uh, term, the risk itself has transferred in a way. So it's still a risky solution having self-custody, but it's just different but is it more risky having self-custody than having it as a custodian you could also think about like for example celsius clearly a custody solution in the crypto space which wasn't kind of the best solution either so um 
what is important for custody? I think there are many, many good lessons that we have from the past and for crypto in particular, it's the lessons that we have learned over the last few months, I think, um, especially as the crypto market and the NFT market has grown. There are definitely some things um, in the institutional space we never recommend, um, but in the NFT space for you as a private individual, there are some things that are really just, I would say, common knowledge. And one of them is definitely holding things on your ledger. The other thing is like um, something Bijan always likes to point out, having different wallets. There are something like your, you should have your DGEN wallet, right? Something which you use for minting, something which you connect to, I don't know, unknown websites promising you a free mint. Because actually it's free to create different wallets, right? You do not pay to have a different Ethereum bank account, so to say. So you can easily create another wallet, set it up, and use that one for minting. Do not use your wallet that is holding your NFT. So there's kind of like the, the saying that you should have at least three wallets. One is your vault, where you keep only your valuables and where you do not interact with contracts. So you do not kind of sign anything that kind of makes you pay money. You do not log into a website with that. You do not sign transactions. If it's get, in general, like you are signing something and you have to pay for it, it's a transaction. So do not do that with your wallet. If you want to sell something, if you want to interact with something, move your asset to a selling wallet where you only keep listed items and also in that case only interact with trusted counterparties. So only interact with exchanges that you know, websites that you trust and websites where you can really make sure that those are not scams or anything else. And then there's the DGEN wallet. That's something Elaine has uh, for sure. That's something where you store your low-value items, Elaine, not the Real Vision NFT. This is something to have fun with. You can have a little bit of money there. You can kind of play around, participate in Freemans. And honestly, like for every of those uh, Freemans and anything else, I usually create another Degen wallet because it's just much, much safer to have it there because sometimes I forget to move things from one wallet to no. the other. Botty is exactly. I'm. I know you're on number two right now, which is the the vault um uh, wallet and the DGen wallet. Just want to stop you and and jump in here. It's so important to have that DGen wallet, DGen slash burner wallet, because a lot of the times, right? You talk to your friends, you get excited, you like send this link, mint now, it's gonna go out, right? How many of you guys are guilty? of doing this like look at this project oh my god it, it's it's going look so much momentum and we FOMO into the space but what it, I think you know as we grow into this space and take each other you know hand by hand side by side that whenever you send a link to some other person I sort of just put like a, a NFA or like um you know uh, a sort of like usual degen wallet and I use the giphy like when the landmine is planted and some puppet is running away from it it's just so important that you have a DGEN wallet. And it's uh, like Bati said, it's like the different bank accounts. So I think that's very important. So like send that link to your friends, but say use a burner and then run away. There's another thing, actually, Elaine, you should never tell your friends that you're into crypto. That's something of uh, one of the advices that I read, kind of never tell anyone that you're in crypto. And there's a funny story because when I purchased my first ledger, I think it was in 2016, um, some of my friends purchased them as well. And there was a big leak at Ledger, I think two years ago, where they lost the, the kind of 
addresses from people who purchased in that batch. And all of these guys got contacted by scammers at some point. So I also got an email telling me, we know your address and we know your email and uh, kind of we know where you live and where you hold your crypto and stuff like that. So it was really scary. And that's kind of not on me because I kind of bought it via Ledger. But you can see that even if you try to stay anon, basically, there are some some ways that people just use your information for scamming you and trying to kind of make you afraid of hold, holding uh, yeah, crypto or having it somewhere. Of course, I mean, none of those people really kind of had something happening to them, but it could very well happen. So the best thing is like, keep quiet about your NFTs. I know it's it's hard sometimes because NFTs are also for showing off. That's maybe why it's good to have actually some NFTs that just represent ourselves as our digital identity, right? So if if I wouldn't have revealed that I'm the real vision bot, no one would know that I, that it's me. That's already introducing another layer of safety. So we did a mistake. We basically doxed ourselves, right? But I mean, that comes with the business. And you know, one of the things to to remember about these ledger wallets and the main reason why they're so secure is they're offline wallets. Uh, and you connect them online yourself, whereas your hot wallet is always online. So even if your computer, for whatever reason, gets compromised, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with a mint. That is also why it's important to hold a ledger wallet or something that is off. It doesn't have to be a ledger. It could be Trezor. There's other offline wallets. You know, if you're on a different chain, they have their own versions of offline wallets as well. So that's another thing to, to definitely keep in mind. And in addition, this is in reference to hot wallets. Do not store your seed phrase on your computer. Like, don't put it in your notes uh, app or anything like that, you write it down on a piece of paper and you store it somewhere safe. Uh, because if your seed phrase is on your computer, that's, you know, that what's the point of that as well, if you get compromised. So keep those things in mind. Yeah. Maybe only tell your significant other where the seed phrase is. That's one of the things we see a lot on the, on the hedge fund side. Um, some, some traders also, um, tend to keep their crypto in a cold wallet. And the problem is like, what happens if you kind of have a car accident? What happens if you have an accident by airplane? Surely you are traveling, stuff like that. Um, in any case, I think it's always good to have, um, if you're doing self-custody, to also have a fallback solution in terms of like, if something happens to myself, there's, for example, another ledger, which is linked to the same address, which I store either in a bank vault or which I store somewhere with my parents, someone you trust, um, Maybe not with your parents. I don't know. Depends. But something like this, right? Maybe give it Elaine. She will keep uh, t- keep track of it and take care. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'd I'd swallow it for you. I'd I'd eat the ledger. <laughs> but you know, like um, these ledgers, they have um. So hello, hippo art. They um, they have like these metal plates that you can engrave the seed phrases. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I saw that. I'm. I mean, you can do that. You can also write it down, right? But the the engraving is definitely cool. That's nice. But don't share pictures of it on Instagram or something. Yeah, that C phrase is really important. And I swear to God, sometimes just 
the pressure of de- I, honestly i think the ugliest face i make is when you're using that ledger everyone's like sitting in front of it just going <laughs> entering like each digit and your tongue sticks out a little bit and you're just making sure that you don't get each digit wrong but look it's like the world's worst tamagotchi the ledger but it's so important and you feel so good once it's done you know you see rappers with uh, wearing the ledgers around their neck so it's just once you've like got a little bit comfortable with purchasing a few nfts you've been scammed a few times you know <laughs> you sort of need to look after your own assets like every investor does right when looking after your own portfolio so you need to uh, you know really take care of that ledger wallet address and and really just tell yourself right this is the creme de la creme of accounts don't attach it to anything this is your deep dark secret dirty vault vault not dirty vault but your 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 you know really important vault that you need to to look after just like you have to look after your credit card you know same thing yeah exactly and you can i mean you can take precautions but if you get hacked and i mean that can happen in many ways i've seen it so far kind of like in any variation so it's not always signing up to a 40 website or something. It's also happening, for example, when people connect to an open Wi-Fi. There are sometimes hackers who scan these Wi-Fi's and somehow get in access to your computer and they're able to get your password from somewhere and then they can unlock, unlock your wallet or you have stored the secret uh, somewhere. So I, I saw that. Apparently also Bluetooth is one thing you should probably turn off and there's also the advice to always log out of MetaMask. So don't stay locked in. If you even close down the browser, you should log out. And there are even people who buy a separate notebook for crypto only. So basically not interacting with anything else. They just use another laptop. They they don't use on other sites. So you can really kind of increase the level of security here. You can also go to a custodian. So there are some custody solutions for NFTs. So if you're really kind of a big collector and have something like that, there are some companies now starting out. Um, Metricsport and BitGo offer custody solutions for professional investors. And there's also, for example, um, some NFT marketplaces that um, have custody solutions in place. Usually that's something... I would I, say I relatively special. I didn't even know that there are custody solutions for yeah, no, NFTs. No, that, absolutely. You need that. I mean, on the, again... Well, that's like when, like, the... investment, like, the real investment bankers or, like, the people just hiding a few board yachts in their, in their vaults, right? This is, this is the stuff that they have to get on. Yeah, and it's a requirement for, like, for the institutional investors. It's always a requirement also in the trading, but also on the NFT collection side that you usually have either um, self-custody with a fallback solution where somehow the NFTs are accessible or that you kind of have a mix between your own custody and some professional custody solution. Um, so usually uh, one of our rules on the, you know, like I'm also working on the XPEM side where we invest in crypto hedge funds and that's definitely one of the kind of strict rules we do not invest in in funds which do not have a proper custody solution and where there's risk that if someone goes Love missing that. if there's happening something to someone like you there's no investment we can't do this i mean it, even if it's a, a team of three people there's a high likelihood that all three of them will travel to a conference together and then there's an airplane crash you will not recover the funds and that's something we need to avoid at any cost. I mean, that's usually 
like already a luxury problem, right? So we are talking here about private custody, which is, I think, not that extensive. It's rather like keep track of what you're doing, pay attention. And also like one of the things in finance you should know is like nothing is free. If there's a free mint, if there's a claim something, hmm, doesn't always, uh, isn't always risk-free, right? So I've seen some wallets that got scammed and some of them definitely participated in something like claim your free XYZ token here. And I mean, it's spam email, right? People react to spam. And that's the other thing. Don't react to anything you don't know people drop into your wallet. We always tell that if you see strange Polygon NFTs in your OpenSea account, they are there. I don't know. They look interesting, but you haven't bought them. Then you should be very And like, I think Bijan, you have a story to tell about how that usually happens and how people actually scam you out of your ETH or your JPEGs if you do something wrong with these free NFTs that suddenly drop into your wallet. Yeah, yeah. So there's two, I'm glad you mentioned that, which is a perfect segue into, you know, some some common scams that we're, we see. Uh, and in particular, there are two airdrop types of scams. You know, there's one where you are, and this is the most common one, this is the one that we've seen for a while now, where you're airdropped a random NFT, you have no idea what it is, and then they get you to go interact with it. And then when you go to interact with it, you sign your wallet. And what you're signing away is actually access to all the NFTs in that wallet. So that is the most common way we've seen. So now this next one that has become pretty popular, I mean, my I've gotten, I think I just got one yesterday, actually, uh, is there, it's the same concept. They're airdropping you an NFT that you've probably never seen before. And now what they're doing to make it attractive to you is they're putting wrapped ETH offers on that NFT. So, you know, you think, oh, this might be legitimate. I have a, you know, a wrapped ETH offer. And these ETH offers aren't low offers. They're, you know, something like in the 0.5, 0.6 ETH range to really get your interest going. So when you go there, the way that scam works is it it plays off of your intrigue. So when you see that, you see a legitimate wrapped ETH offer, you look at the details and then you click on the link to bring you to the website so you can read more. And at that point, that is where the scam takes place on that website because then you have to sign your wallet over and then you're giving away access. Now, if you think you can accept the wrapped ETH bid and you know walk away with money, it's not the case because that wrapped ETH bid is actually a fake wrapped ETH bid and there's no liquidity behind it. So keep that in mind as well. You're not going to get a freebie. You're not going to pull one over on them. So if you want to read more about this particular scam and actually how it works, we have a, a tweet pinned up to the top of this space. It's from quitcoot.eth. And it's basically running through the whole wrapped ETH scan. He shows you screenshots, shows you how this takes place, shows you the message in the wallet uh, that you'd be signing over. So that's a very good thread. It, it just kind of you know keeps your eye on the safety and lets you know about that popular scam that's happening right now. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind uh, when you're doing that. And another thing that's very important is, and, and this is with anything, you know, we always say. Read what you're signing. If you're signing a contract, you have to read it. The same thing applies to MetaMask. 
Uh, we, we often sign things without reading it and we just sign it over. But there are messages when you are signing your MetaMask wallet. It tells you exactly what you're signing. Uh, so you want to make sure you read that because if you're giving away access to your wallet, it tells you right there this this will like, you know, I don't know the exact message, but it tells you that it's going to give away uh, the it's going to un- unlock the access of your NFTs into, uh, you know, with that contract. So keep those things in mind, guys. Um, and then another um, another well, thing. Remember, yes, I, I just want to. Um, sorry, before you move on to your next one, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, what are the two things like that you would sort of read on a smart contract when you know it's not? kind of right because it's so busy the page right is there any like things that i can look out for or should i go to the thread and break it down yeah so the thread will show you it like it shows you actually the exact message that you you need to look out for but essentially it tells you you are and actually what metamask has started doing recently is they give you a warning too and it's in red and it says you know warning this contract or signing this contract gives up access to your nfts so that's okay. uh, and it's right there. It says message, and then it has a little message uh, written there. And you know, you'll read, you can see like some numbers and things that you know don't make sense to most of us. But you know, the message there, you read the message, it tells you what you're signing. Uh, yeah, and then that actually that leads me to the most common scam, and this is how the majority of people get scammed. A lot of people will say they were hacked, uh, and they just don't want to admit to this, um, which is you know it's it, it can be embarrassing to to some of us. But it's social engineering is the most common way that uh, you get your wallet compromised. You think you're talking to someone who's impersonating someone that you might know. Uh, and they send you a link, you click on the link, and now your wallet has been compromised, or you you meet a connection that you think is legitimate, but they've been social engineering you the whole time. So that is actually the most common way that, that hacks happen, is that we give up our access ourselves. We weren't necessarily compromised. So some things to look out for or keep in mind when you are dealing with this type of interaction is one, don't answer DMs in, in Discord. Uh, if somebody's DMing you in Discord, uh, they usually have no reason to uh, unless you know them and at which point you can discuss that with them in the exact Discord that you're in and then they would let you know, hey, I'm sending you a message or something like that. Uh, but turn your DMs off. People are going to be sending you DMs and trying to get into your DMs to social engineer you or just send you links that you can randomly click on. So, Be careful of that. And another thing is whenever you are speaking to someone in the DMs, and this is more so in reference to like project founders or like a community manager or a moderator, because scammers impersonate, you know, people within the communities that, you know, are higher, like that have the community manager, moderator, you know, founder type role, and they'll use their exact uh, Discord username with the exact numbers at the end of it as well. So it'll look, it will look identical. Now, one way you can solve this is by looking up the Discord ID number, which is a serial number, essentially, of the Discord ID, and that cannot be replicated. So that's one of the ways to kind of look out for that. And I'll, I'll, if you, I'll put some uh, notes about that in the Discord to show you how you can find the Discord ID, uh, which is that exact serial number that can't be replicated. Oh, wow, that's really super important. I always thought, like, checking the name and the number is enough, but you're right, you can, like, 
people fake that as well. So you really need the, this long ID to be sure um, that it's really the person you want to be contacted by. Yeah, and definitely turn off turn off Discord direct messaging. I mean, it's it's terrible. If you're on many servers, you will get spam messages from all over the place. So I mean, we are a little bit safe. Real Vision Pro Crypto Discord is a safe place in that regard because it's walled off and it's kind of like moving into the direction where we can open it up at some point, but we will strictly control um, who's coming in there. And we will kind of make sure that this is done in also a way where, for example, the subscribers get special roles in the Discord and can be grouped um, separately. That's something that's happening, by the way, in the Web3 team. So all of the great guys who are working behind the scenes on that, there's a shout out to them. They usually don't appear here in Web3 Wednesdays. Sometimes they are listening in, but our devs, they are really making sure that everything is safe, that the systems work and that it's uh, basically moving from Web2 to Web3 that we are um, showing best of two worlds at this moment and hopefully in the future, of course, the best in Web3 um, for everyone, right? All right, um, let's open up the floor for questions, I guess. So anything from wallet security to NFTs to pro crypto, happy to take your questions. Um, and yeah, let's let's go. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, welcome. I appreciate it. Sorry about that. I've got a little bit of a delay in my uh, internet, so it takes me a minute to get up here. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I just wanted to touch real quick on the. Uh, uh, hidden wallet on OpenSea if I could um, and give a little extra insight to some of the things on there just so um, it's not as terrifying as what it, what it sounds like for, for most people. Um, one of the biggest things about OpenSea's uh, um, hidden wallet is that's a platform level function. So that doesn't do anything to the wallet uh, on the blockchain or anything like that. That's simply something that OpenSea has done for their interface. Now, when it comes to the airdrop, <clears throat> excuse me, airdropped NFTs, if you look at the Polygon ones, um, ninety percent of the time, if you click on the details, there's going to be a token ID that are pr that's probably sixteen, seventeen uh, uh, digits long. Nine times out of ten, that's the OpenSea shared storefront contract, meaning they minted that through the actual interface. Um, and unless OpenSea is personally putting in any type of malicious uh, uh, code with that NFT uh, that there's never going to be anything wrong with any of those NFTs that come in. They're just, they're spam kind of like junk emails, but that's about it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. You can move the NFTs uh, safely to the hidden tab, by the way, if they are not moved there automatically. And sometimes some of them get moved there automatically. So it's worth checking the hidden tab. Um, sometimes you find some NFTs there that you minted. I think in the beginning we had many users that complained that they didn't see the NFT on OpenSea and um, it basically was moved to the hidden tab. But it, as you said, it doesn't change the fact that you are still owning the NFT and you can you can check out uh, your ownership also on Etherscan. If you go to Etherscan and uh, enter your wallet address, then you actually, there's a tab so on etherscan.io, there's a tab then for your wallet where you can see your ERC721 tokens, which are usually your NFT. So for example, the Real Vision Pro Crypto NFT is at ERC721. And then there's also ERC1155, which is a separate tab, but you can see them, right? If you can't find them in the, your wallet, usually the first place to check 
is somewhere on Etherscan and you can see the transactions, you can see what's happening. And I think one of the important websites is also Re Revoke Cash. I think that's the, the correct domain, right? Where you can remove um, the, basically the um, allowance that you gave out. So you can remove access that you delegated to other websites and other wallets and you see who has which rights on your wallet. So for example, you see something like, oh, OpenSea can initiate transactions in my wallet if I interact with it. And that's okay because on OpenSea, right, if you buy something, it has to interact with your wallet. But sometimes there's also other other websites connected to that if you clicked something. So it's definitely helpful to have that link. And um, yeah, that's, that's more or less... Um, my my security tips there's definitely a few more i mean it always is worth checking out websites and tutorials for example ledger has a really good academy um, on wallet safety sometimes you will be reading the same stuff on and on but as this develops i think it's also important to kind of really take care of what you own and be aware of it and i think it it becomes a thoughtless at some point, right? If you have a few Degen wallets for minting and you know that you can go Degen on them and don't have to care, that's fine. You also have a nicer time if you know that your valuables are stored somewhere where you don't have to care. Um, so I would definitely recommend doing it that way. I think we got another speaker. There's Mitterheads. Hey. Hey guys, um, yeah, I wanted to let you in on a few things. What I do, I'm not trying to show, I'm trying to help you guys. Um, this is the first time I've seen this space, and I like the Web3 up there, but it needs to be hashtagged and a space between that and the fire. And our space, our site that's integrated into Twitter, um, will pick it up. We are the Google for live Twitter spaces, so you can find these spaces very easily on our site, along with a bunch of other stuff, but we got a lot coming. Um, and this is free, so there's no charge for this. We also help um, projects and artists for free by providing them a free web page to put their bio, their project, a few pictures. If you do host spaces, you have a, space, uh, a place there on your web page to put your scheduled spaces so that if somebody comes in when you're not doing a space, they'll be able to find you. Um, we also have a ranking system, so your ranking as a host and speaker, you will get ranked. You will also earn a gamified token for doing what you are already doing, hosted and speaking in spaces. It's called VSB. Right now, the virtual space bucks is used for utilities on the site, but we do have in our roadmap to create a Web3 token that you'll be able to exchange your VSB earning, doing what you're doing right now, talking about your own projects for TSB, true space bucks. It will have a monetary value, which I cannot disclose, of course. It, we don't know. But um, it's all in a roadmap, and everything's docs. But the biggest thing is to hashtag your Web3 and put a space between there so, the space, so that your space can be seen over there because, man, it's getting really, really hard to find some of these spaces, especially the good ones because, like, I got, a, I got a bunch of people that go to spaces, so I can't even get through the line of spaces before they disappear on me, and I got to start over. After I wait, I start over. So just a little heads up on that. But um, also anybody that registers with the link that I provided below in the blue thing, I will upvote to the home page of the space so that when you go to the space to find spaces, you will be seen. But, yeah, this is all free also. 
Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, everyone who wants this kind of course, kind of feel free to uh, do that. I think we don't need it really, um, to be honest. Like, um, never mind, but thank you. Yeah, um, we got another speaker here, Metagian. Hi. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Thank you for the opportunity here. Uh, I'm an early adopter and uh, been with the space uh, for, uh, for a couple months now. Uh, I had a question regarding the some security pro pro processes from wallets. Um, is it the same thing to open uh, or, or to create a new wallet than to take an older wallet and make revoke cash to all permits that's been enabled in in that old wallet? That's 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 gonna be the that's question. a good question. That's a very good question. So I would um, I would say in that case it's better to make a new wallet. So I had the same situation I think with one community member who got hacked and still wanted to interact with his old wallet. Um, understandably, right? And we we looked at what he had um, or what showed up at Revoke Cash, and for example, I could not see anything that was suspicious, but he definitely gave away. Um, some rights at some point and also if you I mean if you don't know the attack vector right maybe you gave away some something on open uh, on like access basically which you can revoke via revoke cash but you don't know maybe you also got socially engineered and someone just stole your private keys or got got hold of that so my guess is always like um, the better way is make a new wallet or even kind of make a new wallet on a different device because sometimes it can be also something like old school an old school virus or to old school keylogger that someone installed on your machine and then actually even the no matter if you're using the old or the new wallet you basically run into the same situation in the end again so i i understand the point um but yeah The, it's really it's really tricky to rule out with 100% probability that you kind of will be able to remove every access via remove uh, yeah remove cache yeah thank you thank you for your answer it's very on point uh, the question was I, I haven't been hacked yet uh, th thanks for luck but uh, you know you always uh, use some some wallets that some sometime you, you say Well, I, I shouldn't have have used this wallet for this uh, page or something. You go to revoke cash, and you you revoke it before anything bad happens. But in the end, in the NFT world, you wanna sometimes you get attached to that old first wallet you had, and you don't wanna uh, dismiss it because uh, you've that's the beauty of the NFT world also that you get the The, the the times where everything was was created and traded and all this stuff so uh, maybe uh, making the revoke cash and sometimes uh, making a new wallet for the vault every once in a while maybe that could work and transfer all your assets it's gonna be a little bit uh, you're gonna spend some gas but maybe uh, it, it should work but thank you very much for your answer And it's been a great space. I've learned a couple of things and really recommend it. If you can, guys, can share the the the, the recording, uh, so I can share it with some servers uh, like the Robert Ducks that I'm in. 
uh, I, I will appreciate it very much. Thank you very Thank much you. for the opportunity. Thank you also for your question. Yeah, um, absolutely. We will share the recording. It's also on Spotify as a podcast, basically. And it's a very good point. I mean, if you're attached to your wallet and you want to keep it, then also I would say transfer all the valuables out there. Keep the wallet, have a minimum amount of kind of money you need in there and maybe use it as your DGEN wallet where you kind of say, well, if something happens to this stuff, then it's it's not that problematic. Um, if you want to keep the wallet, yeah, I can understand that. There's definitely an emotional attachment to my first wallets as well. So I, I get the point. And I want to touch on what he just said. He may, he may he brought up a very good point. You do, this isn't free, revoke.cash isn't free. You do have to pay a gas fee to revoke those permissions. So what I've done in the past, whenever I'm revoking, I just choose a time when, when gas is really low. I think the last time I did, did revoke.cash, it was gas was around five guay. So, you know, choose a time where gas is low. So you're not paying extra to revoke those uh, permissions. That's a very good point. And now we got Viz on stage. Wow, Viz, welcome. Thank you, thank you, GM, everyone. Hey, y'all. Hey, GM, GM. Uh, great, great space today, you guys. Uh, the, the topics are, are really wonderful. I love hearing what's going on with the, the RV Pro Crypto NFTs. And, uh, I, I think not really a question so much, just my, my experience with security, just to, to reiterate in case it wasn't clear enough for everybody else, is that I am my own biggest security risk in my emotions, particularly. And so I, I keep my vault, my ledger, um, in a way that it's really hard to get to. Like I, I'm only going to potentially have access to transact on it every week or so. And I actually only transact every couple of months. Um, I make it that hard on purpose because those are, those are things that are very important to me. And I, I am an emotional person. We all are. And, um, and NFT value is driven on our emotions, but so are these scams. And so I just, just want to highlight, like, we talk about having a, a ledger. I, I heard the space start off by talking about minting from a ledger. And that honestly just makes me cringe. I cannot imagine connecting my ledger to anything to, to mint. Um, I would only ever... <laughs> meant from some other wallet and transfer, but um, everyone's security protocol is different, but, but we are still, our emotions are still probably our biggest risk. And so just the, the idea to decide ahead of time how you're going to handle that is probably more important than the specific protocols that you have set up in most cases. Like, for instance, I know with the, the NFTs that I have in my vault, there are valuable things that I'm not going to get because I would have to plug my wallet in and transact in order to get some benefit from some of those communities. And I've just decided ahead of time that it's not worth it to me to risk what's in that wallet just so I can get some quote unquote utility or value from a secondary or tertiary offering from that community. So that's all I've got. You guys, you guys have really done a great job explaining it all. But, um, but if if my if the benefit of my experience and my my poor decision making based on emotions can help somebody, then uh, job well done. 
<laughs> Thank you, Viv. Very, very good points. And yeah, I mean, we we are all humans, right? We tell everyone about security and how it's done in a perfect scenario, but we have all been in a situation where we screwed up. No one is kind of sticking 100% to protocol. There has been the free mint from time to time where I used a wallet where there was more Ethereum in there than I should have kept in a Degen wallet, for example. And I was just lucky that nothing happened, actually. That's the only reason that this ETH is still in the wallet. And, and actually, I did two times I minted something from a fake website because I Googled the project. Someone mentioned the mint to me in the Discord and someone I know and someone who I trust. And he did not kind of mention it because he wanted to, to mint. He just mentioned the project and told me, like, it, apparently it's already minting. It's happening. I don't know what's going on there. And then I Googled the project and I hit the first link and I saw, oh, there's minting. And I clicked mint. Yeah, and I spent probably two ETH on fake mints. So, um, yeah, doesn't feel good, but that's what happens if you don't stick to your own rules. So, yeah. I remember when you did that. <laughs> yeah, it was Invisible Friends. And it really, they apparently they bought the prime advertising space on Google for that thing. And it looked like a real mint. And I was like, well, invisible friends. And it's cheap. Look, it's not minted out. And I don't know. I didn't check the minting time of the official project. Like, and it was like, it's strange. It's minting at a strange time. But well, let's try to get in. Yeah, it was stupid, of course. Yeah, and just to, to reiterate what, what Viz was saying. Yeah, we definitely are not telling you ever to mint with a ledger. That is where you store your valuable NFTs. So you're not going to use the, your valuable wallet or your, you know, to connect to a website that you're unsure of. That's why you have the DGEN Mint wallet, you know, that wallet that you don't care about and you use those for mints. You transfer them over after you've minted, after you've disconnected, uh, and then you have a purchasing wallet. So I do, we, we recommend three wallets. Um, so, yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah, hopefully you learned something today about wallet security and also about the NFT. We are trying to keep these spaces like centered around some topics in the beginning. We will kind of also be open for suggestions if you want us to discuss something or if you want Real Vision to check out something, feel free to contact us. Please don't spam us with uh, strange uh, rug pull projects or, or, or kind of like uh, uh, shitty projects. I got enough of them. Um, like n no, no shilling, uh, but like anything else, super helpful to have you, your input on that. And I'm always looking forward to the questions. Otherwise we make our own agenda, right? At some point we are just DJs, So we discuss what interests us and what interests the community. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the next episode next week and thank you all for tuning in. It was a great time. Thanks for the questions and everyone who came on stage and uh, Elaine already left the space. Sadly, she had to hop on to a meeting, but yeah, we will see more of the paper handed princess in the future. Yeah. Let's keep an eye on her wallet and make sure, she, you know, we have to keep her honest, make sure she's not uh, selling our NFTs. Right guys. So <laughs> thank you oh everyone God. for attending. <laughs> Bye everyone. Thank you.